0: Hail, hail, the Celtics are here and what the hell do we care now? We've went to the baddies' place, we've got the three points and now we're in the international break. The transfer window's closed, the Champions League group stage has been drawn and it's just that about that time where we can put our feet up, enjoy being Celtic fans and look at everything that's before us and what is yet to come. Uh, I'm currently obviously here for the podcast again and joined by Josh. Josh, good to see you, my man.
1: Good to good to see you too, good to be back. Obviously, like you say, it's a bit of a break in the season right now, which is it's obviously. So obviously good because it's been quite hectic at the start. We had transfer window last week. We was very busy, obviously the Champions League draw and then the Derby, which is crucial for us. We went and got three points, which now we can, like you said, put our feet up somewhat and enjoy some of the international football, watch how our players do when they're playing for their countries. But now, nah, crucial we get that win at the weekend. And we can we can look forward to what's to come now. Yeah, I think that was a kind of a mini cup final for Brendan and the team at the weekend. Like he said, it was the first kind of big win for that group of players. So, obviously, we had nine, some nine or ten new arrivals over the summer. So, it was great for them to go and get the victory. Like, toughest toughest away venue. Uh, we played that all season. We probably might play that. Obviously, no fans. So, great to get the win. And now we can look forward to what's to come over the next the coming weeks for the Champions League.
0: Definitely. And the derby was one of those games where we were all a bit nervous going into it. There was a bit of anxiety, a bit of unease. Mm-hmm. Throughout the Celtic support, we all kind of hoped and expected a win and a victory and not to lose, hopefully. But if a somewhat negative result did arise, we would have all said, seen it coming, you know. Yeah. And we all then would have spent this time maybe, you know, reevaluating the first chapter of the season. Yeah. But yeah, I think it was a great victory, a great kind of uh, some of their parts effort for mm-hmm. um, the for yeah. the game. Because, you know, we could pick the part, you know, the, the match itself, you know, where it was kind of won and lost in different areas. But... Definitely, like, Celtic as a team really showed up in a big way. And like the manager said in the post-match, you know, he asked for men to come out mm-hmm. on the pitch, you know, yeah. and we definitely got that for, from, from everyone out in the park. And it was a really enjoyable
1: result as far as 1-0 yeah. go. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I think the team put in a great performance. Like you said, going into the game, not many people were confident of going and winning, um, but we, we did just exactly that. And the team used to come out as a bit surprised on the live stream last last week for the Champions League draw, convinced Nat Phillips was going to play after he signed, but he wasn't even in the squad, which was, was a bit annoying, but Scales came in alongside Gustav Lagerbeilke and the Irishman putting in a brilliant shift. He was tremendous. He won the Man of the Match award. He's here, there and everywhere at the back and he was very, very, very good. So I would be surprised if he got dropped going back after international break now, but on the whole, Celtic were, Celtic were tremendous. I feel like just defensively, we held out so strong. Joe Hart made a couple of good saves as much as I've criticised him on here before. I think the last couple of games against St Johnston at home and now Rangers at Ibrox, has done brilliant um, to kind of securing us the win type performances. If we don't have him in goals, we might not have kept clean sheets in both games. Um, I think Alistair Johnston has played well as well since he's came back from injury. That's another positive having him back. And the midfield was really good. They had we, like, we voiced our concerns playing Cal McGregor, David Tumble and Matthew O'Reilly uh, all together, but I think they've done really well. Matt O'Reilly, I think it was one of his best performances in the Celtic shirt to date. He was absolutely terrific. The amount of interceptions, tackles, and he made the assist for Kyogo's goal as well. Cal McGregor put in performance of a brilliant Celtic captain. We knew he had to turn up if Celtic were going to play well. There was concerns of late over his performance levels. He wasn't really doing too well at the start of the season, but he came in and he was absolutely excellent. Done really well at the base of that midfield. I think there was an instance in the first half where hearts were in our mouths where he a Cruyff turn inside inside the Celtic box. Um but McGregor was excellent. Then Maeda, I think, put in a great shift as well on the left. Um, so did I think Abada was unfortunate to be withdrawn when he was. He was playing well. And obviously Kyogo, we know Kyogo can do. I feel like the goal was like, I, I didn't even celebrate it because I was convinced when I first saw it that it was offside. And then obviously seen the replay and then it was, he was a mile onside. Um, you can talk as much about decisions or whatever as you want. As Jockstein said many, many years ago, if you're good enough, the decisions from the referee don't matter and obviously our opposition weren't good enough and we were brilliant and we we won the game and now it's great to have that four point gap going into the first international break of the season, last year it was a five point gap uh, after we beat Rangers 4-0 at Celtic Park but I'm sure if you said to anyone at the beginning of the season, would you take a four point lead at the the first international break in the would you'd you'd bite your hand off for it and it was just disappointing we drew that St Johnstone game and we would have been six clearly now but listen you can't you can't change things and it was, uh, no one was expecting that, I think on Sunday night we were all going to be sitting sitting in our houses a wee bit, a wee bit disappointed, but we weren't and it was, it was brilliant and obviously we know fans as well for Celtic to go there and just silence the place like they did and obviously you heard the booze at half-time, you heard the booze at full-time it was it was a, it was a really satisfying feeling and I think the manager was very pleased with the performances like, like you said, he wanted the boys to play like men they did play like men everyone was stood up and was counted we had concerns going into the game but they were quickly banished and i think this group of players now after that win, they've got the first notable victory under the manager and all together they can now move forward and look forward to more games of that out champions league games cup finals semi-finals which is only positive um and overall very very happy with the result obviously now that we're, we're sitting top and motherwell are our closest challengers never mind never mind rangers <laughs>
0: Yeah, we do, you know, that's one of the beauties of the Derby that, yeah, when it pans out this way is seeing all the anger from the teddy bears and the cream buns yeah. when they're all losing yeah. their plot and um, going outside the stadium uh, and everything else, which is, yeah, it's just part of the drama that goes around the Derby and part of the, the pain that you inflict with the victory. And like, I was experiencing a lot of pain in the first half, like for all of our dominance and all the shapes we were yeah. building and all the chances mm-hmm. we were creating. And as much as I was getting really frustrated by it, I thought it was a great example to show like for... Like Kyogo, like the first two chances, he doesn't pass anyone in, he takes too many touches. He takes the shot, it goes wide, the goalkeeper yeah. saves it. Mm. And we're all very frustrated with him. And I heard somebody say, I can't remember who it was, it was somebody maybe on the radio or whatever, but I heard somebody, like a pundit or something, say, Oh, they, they think he's shot because he thinks he's offside and he's just saying, Screw it. Yeah, the yeah, shot. yeah. But with me watching that, see, as soon as the ball came through to him, yeah. they, the thing to do, because you're playing as a striker, with somebody like Kyogo, a guy that is going to take like five, six shots a mm. game, he's playing a kind of chess match with the goalkeeper for how many touches he thinks yeah. he's got so he can set himself up and before yeah. Kyogo's going to take the shot or whatever. So on that instance, when it's a quick turnover, you know, I think, the next, I think the way Kyogo plays and the way strikers let him play is that next shot, he was always going to be taking yeah. first time or doing something yeah. just to mix it up as yeah. it were. Yeah. And that's really where the goal comes from, you know, cause it's it's powerful, mm-hmm. it's you know, it goes quick enough, it's accurate enough. But the goalkeeper's stranded between places and he's in the wrong position and he's just dead in the water, he's yeah. as if he's not there, you know. So mm-hmm. I thought it was a great goal. And you know, like Kyogo really did, you know, that goal is going to be one that we see a few yeah. times over because of, like you say, you just hear it. Whack off the net, you hear the metal yeah. shaking around, you hear the, yeah. the disdain around the stadium, and then it develops into the VAR into that kind of, yeah, uh, that sweet kind of. <laughs> they all cheer it because yeah. Ibrox has never had a VAR decision. <laughs> 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 yeah. I know, they just it's like muscle reflex to them all, and yeah. uh, yeah. So, I, I definitely agree that for all the players involved in the game, the manager it'll be good for him just because it is like second time in the chair, and there is yeah. that whole you know, never go back kind of thing that's always hanging around these situations, yeah. you know, Brendan Rodgers and Celtic in particular to one side. So it's just that kind of proof of concept coming back that, yeah, like this is going to work this time. Of course it is, you know, yeah, like definitely. and, uh, you know, we're not as far off as maybe the last two games would have allowed us to maybe worry about, which was nice to see because, again, so glad to hear this come out the manager um, and in a very nice way, it must be said as well, but him pointing out quite clearly to everyone that will listen after the game, like this is like the fifth choice defence. We've not got our best midfielder either. Mm-hmm. And like the front three hasn't really played. You know, there's a lot of things going on in the team mm-hmm. where it's like, hey, even just natural progression of guys mm-hmm. returning to training. The team's yeah. got levels to go still. So, and, you know, that performance for me really makes the Champions League group maybe a wee bit more like, yeah, let's go for mm-hmm. it, man. You
1: yeah. know. That's true. That's true. Certainly, like, we were with, like when you actually think about it, we were without a first choice centre-back our second-choice centre-back. We were without one of our best midfielders and arguably one of our best technically gifted players, Rio Hatate, And we managed to still go into Ibrox and put in a performance like we did. Even your right-back Alistair Johnston, he's just come back from a, a good couple-of-month injury and he's managed to come in and put in a performance like that as well. Look, genuinely, we were so, the players that were played on the park were so brilliant. Liam Scales is a fifth-choice centre-back putting in a performance like he did. No one would have expected that from him, yet yeah, he did, and he was absolutely excellent. Like you said, with the, with the with the goal, like I feel like you, like you said, the one that was cleared off the line, by Goldson he was running in on goal, like he kind of hesitated about the decision. I felt like maybe that's played on his mind, and maybe he's like the next chance I get, I'm gonna I'm gonna take it first time, um, and he did that, and like you said, it was, it was an absolutely terrific goal. Um, I don't know that, like, if he if he thought he was offside, because like when you see him running away celebrating, he wasn't really convinced in his celebrations. He was kind of looking around to Abada, like, oh, what's going on here? But Brendan, Brendan was certainly assured of what he seen him, fingers to the sky, and obviously the goal went in. but I think the goal came just at the right time for us, right on half time. Like, I think it was about thirty seconds later. The half time whistle was blown. It'd been interesting to see if the boos were still there, if, if Kyogo hadn't scored that goal, and it was goalless at the break. But. Listen, we, 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 we shouldn't really care too much about I we should kind of focus on ourselves. And Kyogo, just absolutely terrific goal that you could argue it could come out goal of the season, just in terms of the, the, the stature of the goal, like the match it was scored in, it was scored at Ibrox Celtic, had no fans, and it won as the game. So that was, and he now has, I think it's something like six goals in five games in Glasgow Derby's now. Obviously, his first kind of year and a half at the club, he never. Managed to score in one, but he's certainly making up for a lost time now. He's he's the go-to man in big games, and hopefully, I think we, we said it off air, yeah, like in the Champions League now. It's Kyogo's chance to to really show what he can do. He's never scored in the Champions League. We only scored two goals of our own in it last season, Jota and Jack Marcus. So hopefully, he can get he can get himself on the score sheet, and we'll be looking we'll looking to do well in the competition. Now. Like you said like that performance. <clears throat> I said it as well, like. To something my dad, when I was watching the game, like you could see that team putting in a performance like that away in Europe, at like away at Fire like holding out for the majority of that second half. We didn't have too many chances of our own. I think the Abada one were but on tips around the post. I think Odin Holmes shot, maybe it won the counter attack. We, oh, I think that's the only couple of chances we had. And apart from that, we were absolutely pounded and we held out so well. And that's very encouraging. Like the team. We're we're not used to seeing them cave in in situations like that, but despite the managerial change, it's good to see that will to win still there and that kind of champions era. We are the champions; you're not going to beat us so easily, and they certainly won't be easily. So, hopefully, we can take that now into the Champions League. Obviously, the opponents are going to be of a much much greater ability than what the opponents were in Sunday. So, obviously, European pedigree, Champions League pedigree. We know the opposition on Sunday weren't. So, hopefully, we can hopefully we can take that forward now, but. And as well, hopefully we'll get players back for the Champions League. Like, great to see Carter Vickers back, back fit soon, hopefully, and Rio Haddad as well. And if sooner we get them back, the better for us.
0: Yeah, big time. And uh, it, uh, it would be remiss of me not to mention Liam Scales like you have as well, um, because Scales was very impressive to me in the match as well, very calm and composed. Uh, and it's one of those ones where I think it's like, we want Carter Vickers back, like you said. Yeah. You know, okay looked decent enough, minus the two hospital moments, you yeah. know, where it's like he's just been MIA mm-hmm. on the pitch. Yeah. Um, And, you know, I liked to a lot when he came yeah. in, you know, by all accounts. Yeah. So I think it's like one of these problems where, hey, you know, the manager all of a sudden, if you look at the whole squad, you even put that Nat Phillips in, who's now in on loan to yeah. play in this position, you know, yeah. like, I'm really hopeful that they can, uh, You know, we've seen the bottom layer of the squad in some, in the defense, probably the weakest part of the team Mm -hmm. um, come out in a really important match. And, you know, Liam Scales, I hope, rises through those kind of layers in the squad, hopefully, Mm -hmm. you know, because that's just the Celtic way. We love seeing guys like that. We're so happy to see Ralston and Taylor come into fantastic form over the last two Mm -hmm. seasons. And, you know, uh, players have their limits in the squad. Some of them don't, which is cool. Mm And players will become what they become, but it's great to see somebody like Liam Scales. And we've not even mentioned Welsh, obviously, because he's injured also. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, so uh, yeah, uh, re- really great to see a great performance from Scales, yeah. a worthy man of the match. And it caught my ear earlier when you said you would be surprised to see him dropped after this international break. So, you, yeah. do you think you'll do you think you'll retain a
1: spot? Personally, I, I think if someone puts in a performance like that in the derby at Ibrox helps tackle and cheap gets man of the match. It would be very surprising to see him dropped, especially when the first game back is Dundee at home. So I feel like he probably will start that game. Uh, I think it's probably his place to lose now, to be honest. I, I'd say it's more likely to see uh come out than Scales at the minute. Um, But I guess you never know with Brendan We I was convinced that Phillips was going to start the weekend and he wasn't even in the squad. So you never know. You can't kinda, you kinda predict the team selection at times. Um, but it would be interesting. I, I hope he does keep his place because, like you say, he's a very likable guy. He's obviously he's Irish. He's he's a good Celtic man. He, know, he knows what the club means to us, and he certainly showed that the weekend. I think he, he was excellent. He, even like last season, he did play against Rangers and contribute to wins and score against them uh, for Aberdeen. So he was he's no stranger to playing against them. But at the same time, it's totally a different dynamic when you're in the derby. It's a hundred miles an hour and he, he showed why he could put in that performance, and he was. It was brilliant, um, in all honesty. Like, apart from before he played that game, there's not many instances where we've thought Liam Scales could do that. I think he scored against Dundee United a couple of seasons ago, uh, up at Tanadice. But apart from that, he's not done... From left-back. From left-back. That's true. Versatile. And maybe that's a, that's a position you could see him in. Uh, I, I think Alessandro Bernabe played very well when he came off the bench at the weekend. Um, and he also roster. played left-back against Real Betis as well. He did. Liam Yep, he did actually. So he was signed as a left-back because we only had Taylor at the time. I think we had Taylor and Adam Montgomery um, and then obviously Scales come in. But listen, when he was in Ireland he was playing as a, a left-centre-back and a back three for Shamrock Rovers. So he does have that versatility and the fact he's left-footed as well really aids Um If I'm correct, he's the only left-footed centre-back in the squad Kobe well, Kobayashi. But we've not really... I think Navrotsky. I think he's Nefrocki. at least handy on both. Yeah, Navrotsky's handy on both, yeah. Um, but no skills very pleased with him he's another member of the squad now that we know can do that I don't know do you think it was a one-off performance I'm not I don't really think so I think domestically you can get that skills.
0: you know the guy's like 24 or something yeah I mean he's
1: not exactly past
0: it he's you know not a kid either like you said good season at Aberdeen and he's had some minutes and experience in the hoops you know around that side so like he's he's underdeveloped at this point you know but like it's clear to see I think you know like guys like Ralston. you know like well, guys have places in the squad and yeah. maybe he can exceed that ceiling that i kind of, Or not even sealing them, but just that frame that I'm putting around it at the moment. But, mm-hmm. like you know, I, I would probably agree with you as a coach and a manager. It would be hard to drop somebody after yeah. man-of-the-match clean yeah. sheet away at Ibrox, particularly at home at Dundee in the next game. There's not much jeopardy on that. But yeah. um, that maybe brings us into team selection questions for Dundee, which we'll save for next week, I suppose, because the Champions League fixtures were definitely... Probably the next thing on people's mind, uh, you know, in and around this fixture, mm-hmm. so it feels the natural kind of segue to, to move us into, you know, but yeah. uh, Lazio, Feyenoord and Atletico Madrid, three very illustrious names through yeah. European football, three names we're all very familiar with, we know exactly where they are, you know what they look like and you know what they sound like and, you know, <laughs> even if you don't watch Italian, Dutch and Spanish football, you'll have an idea of what they're going to be bringing to the party, which should yeah. be good fun. Um, I know we've done the, the live stream and all that kind of stuff on the channel, or whatever. But Josh, just what's, you, you know, your outlook on the group and you know first thoughts and all that kind of stuff, and then we'll, we'll get into the fixtures.
1: I think when we done the live stream last week, we were very pleased at the draw. Uh, I feel like it was much worse groups we could get in there. Um, there was probably a better group we could have got. We were, we were hoping for Group B, the PSV Arsenal group, but we can't complain. Um, we've had some horror European draws in the past, and I think it's been kind us this season. Um, they're not teams that are absolute world beaters that you're going to ship. Five or six goals to uh, the likes of Barcelona, PSG have handed us out in the past, but at the same time, the teams we can I think we can compete against, uh, particularly Feyenoord and Lazio. I feel like we could do very well. Atletico is probably the toughest team in the group, um, but uh, listen, it's a group we can get out of, uh, whether it be second or third or even first. I heavily doubt we'll get first, but if we can secure Europe after Christmas, I feel like that would be a success. And overall, pleased with the group to be honest. I think. It's teams have not really seen at Celtic Park in recent years, apart from Lazio. I feel like Madrid, few fans have seen them. final. a few fans have seen them. And it's great places to go for away days as well. Uh, Rome, Madrid and, and Rotterdam. So, pleased please with the draw on the whole. Um, and the fixtures, I think the fixtures have been kind to us as well. We'll get on to that later. But away away to final first and then at home to Feyenoord last. So, should be interesting there. But overall, pleased with the draw. We've not had like, we've not had Barcelona again. You know what I mean? We've not had PSG again, which is, which is good. So, We'll, we'll take it. Uh, if you offered someone that for the draw, they'd, they'd bite your hand off for it, I feel like. So.
0: Yeah. yeah, Athletic Madrid has got to be a top contender for the pot one yeah. team that you want, yeah. you know, like least yeah. likely to embarrass you. Yeah. But you're probably not going to get much out of them. You know, that's yeah. kind of the way I look at it. You yeah. Know, um, yeah. Any goals will be hard fought and hard earned, yeah. you know, and here, the, keeping the goals out is not going to be easy either against them. Mm-hmm. But the, the Lazio one is one of the first ones I've seen a lot of fans reacting to, because right after the draw, mm-hmm. Lazio played Napoli, and I think a lot of people tuned into it on BT Sport, yeah. or whatever it's called mm-hmm. nowadays, TNT or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And, for you know, if you watch that game, you know, I, I watched but I watched the highlights of it, I didn't watch all of it, but mm-hmm. very good game from Lazio. But under Mauricio Sarri, like, it is just Sarri ball. You know, they like to counter-attack, yeah. that front three are all like strikers. They're all going to be clinical and get into the yeah. final third very often and the midfield have this kind of balance and they'll make substitutes to maintain it through the game and whatever. But Napoli, although they did win the league last year, they've changed manager. Their manager's now the Italy coach, and the manager yeah. they've got now is a guy that's not really you know, come into much fanfare. Yeah. He's divided uh-huh. opinion. And they've lost some players also to Bayern Munich and one or two others. So yeah. like, it's not like, oh, they've beaten Napoli. They must be like... Yeah. Running for the Scudetto this year or whatever because they lost the first two games mm-hmm. of the season. So, like as much as you might watch Lazio and you'll get a flavour of how they're trying to play, I wouldn't want about the level that they're playing at mm-hmm. any differently after watching the Napoli match. Yeah. If you get me, because yes. Napoli isn't exactly the beacon of um, success at, at this precise yeah. moment in time. I like to come right. I think you know maybe it's something that maybe a few more people are familiar with some players and what they're um, yeah. made of, like Griezmann's and. A few other guys, but we're definitely all looking at the Fire Nerd game as yeah. one of the teams that we should be we should be going against. The Fire have been doing really well uh, on the European front for the last two or three seasons with appearances in semi-finals and finals, conference league, Europa League, you know, uh, going deep into competitions, winning knockout games, etc. Yeah. And they've been trading in the market, selling players, buying players very effectively for about five or six years on this current kind of cycle they're on. But they have lot, they have sold quite a bit of talent this summer. You know they sold their, ba- their best midfield. Shymanski's went to Turkey. Cockteers went to Portugal, mm-hmm. and uh, they sold Danilo, who was like actually a big yeah. part of their squad. Mm-hmm. They sold yeah. him to, to some rubbish team and <laughs> uh, I can't in remember Dublin. where they play. Yeah. Uh, some yeah. team somewhere. Um, and they've sold one or two other players that were playing for them last year. And they're relying on a lot of guys that have high talent, have high potential. But there's a lot of guys in that squad that are a bit younger. And a little bit green behind the gills, but a lot of that squad has played in European finals and semi-finals. Won the league in Holland, won the cup in Holland as well. So they're definitely not a write-off in that respect. But it feels like it's definitely going to be much more of a level playing field than it should in yeah. terms of like you know who we're facing and such. You know, so a way to fire than in the first game is definitely a game of. I think Celtic fans will all be kind of looking at it and thinking we should be going out and getting three points, but when you know around that,
1: Josh, what other games do we have in the league? You know what's kind of around that final match. So I think around that final match, we're at home uh, to Dundee, obviously first. Then we have final away in the Tuesday night, and then on the Saturday early kick off for away to Livingston. Uh, hmm. So we all know what Lovie away is going to bring. Um, yeah, it's, it's not decent. bad. This decent. Uh, then obviously. I think the final game, going to look for three points there, I think. I don't know if it's over-optimistic or maybe it's just the history of Celtic away in Europe over the past kind of five years, six years where we've constantly went over, we've took an early lead and then mistakes have cost us. Um, Obviously, we have some outliers to that, like the Anderlecht game under Brendan where we won 3-0 away from home uh, over in Belgium. So maybe we could be looking for a similar performance to that. Uh, obviously Feyenoord at the weekend they won 6-1 or something uh, against Utrecht and a certain Vassilis Barcast was in goals for the opposition Uh, and apparently so I looked at his rating um, on an app that I have like Fockmove I don't know if anyone uses that or if it's even accurate but he had a rating of 3.5 in the game and he made an error that led to a goal for Feyenoord so despite some a recent upturn in form over in Greece uh, the big man has not done too well in that game uh, so after Livy away we've got Motherwell at home and then we've got Lazio at home in the midweek uh, type. it's Motherwell away Motherwell away then Lazio at home then Kelly at home uh, so that's that's not too bad as well um, the one that does give me the worry for kind of clashes is we've got on a Sunday afternoon we've got Hearts away and then on the Wednesday we've got a flight go at home then on the Saturday we've got Hibs away so that's going to be a tough six days for us uh, mm-hmm. certainly there uh, two trips to the capital and then at home to home to Atletico. Anyway, obviously, Atletico is the back-to-back uh, game. We've got them away as well. Uh, before them, we've got County away, and then after them, we've got Aberdeen at home. That's not too bad. And then, only annoying thing is as well, we've got a kind of tough run of three games in the middle of the group. Atletico at home, Atletico away, then Lazio away. Um, Lazio away before mm-hmm. Lazio away, we've got Motherwell at home, then after we've got St. Johnson away. Um, that's not too bad, then the final game final at home, I think everyone's looking at that, it's, it's going to be the big showdown at the end of the group, it's going to, could decide our fate and could decide our European campaign we've got Kelly away before it and then we've got Hearts at home after it so the fixtures around it aren't the worst Yeah, the Hearts and Hibs games around the flight quote home is the toughest but at the end of the day you're going to, if you're in the Champions League you've got to be ready to fight in games like this and have a tough run of fixtures like this and at the end of the day, it's why we have a big squad like we do. Um, we've got a good three or four players in each position on the park. So it's going to be utilised. Um, obviously, without the League Cup, that's one less competition we have to worry about. But at the same time, if you want to be competing with the best in Europe, you have to be able to manage a tough, fixture schedule like we're going to have. And with Celtic, we've done it in the past. like We've kept consistency in the league. Last season, when we were in the Champions League, I feel like I mean, there was only one game, the St. Mirren away game. That was in between a European match where he'll drop points are lost. In. So, yeah, but the squad are definitely capable of going through that run of fixtures. I feel like the fixture run's been kind to us as well. I think we've got the toughest tie back to back. Then, obviously, Fayonard first and last, which could be six points potentially. And then Lazio. Like, listen, Feyenoord away first. If you go and win that game, like, we, we never know how you're going to do. See, you win, see, you get a draw. And you've got Lazio at home second, and then Atletico at home. Those are two games. I think Latshio home is more likely to get something out of than, than the Atletico game. But if you did if you did get a result against Lazio, say you win it fine. Or, then you get a draw to Lazio or a win against Lazio, You're sitting pretty first two games in. Um, as much as as much as we like to be kind of optimist, it's going to be a tough task. But Atletico home, you never know if the squad are high on confidence. They're doing pretty well. And you go Atletico home, you never know what can happen. Atletico win Latshio are giving me the fear, but. The last game is final at home could should be should be really good. But the, the factors have been kinders, I would say the group's been kinders.
0: Yeah. When you're when you're going through that, that's exactly what I'm thinking. Those first two games, like it's great, I think, that we've just had the Derby. It's a wee bit annoying that this international breaks maybe now interfered. We'll talk about some of the guys that are away uh, and whatever as well. But you know, playing Dundee is a good like get together match again. Yeah. You know, get the squad yeah. back together. And then it's just like derby mode again, yeah. you know. A yeah. way to a way to the Feynard, you know, so we'll have a yeah. way support, which will be good, you know. But yeah. back in the derby mode, because finard the way is going to be in the arena as well, you know, yeah, no two can... ways about it. Yeah. So um it's good that we just had that derby result performance, mm-hmm. uh, you know the atmosphere to kinda to, to kinda you know, train the guys. I know yeah. I use the word train kinda loosely, I think you know what I mean. Yeah. Um and I think then rolling that straight into like Lazio again, I think that's probably the two best fixtures you could have hoped for right at the beginning, because if we do get something positive away at Feyenoord, you're then looking at the second best home fixture, which, you know, like there is only three games, so that's not saying much, but (laughs) that's decent. And also we're saving the best for last on the fixture calendar, so... Yeah. uh, So I quite like the way that's panned out. I think it gives us kind of good hope, and I'm with you, man. Like, if we... Imagine we are going into match day three with six points. Like, we will be dreaming about dreams. Like, that's what we'll be doing.
1: (laughs) You know? Especially because... See, if you win the first two games, right, you're in six points, and then this is all hypothetical, wishful thinking. You can say what you want, but if you go into that third game, you've got Atletico Madrid at home. We know what Celtic Park can be like kind of European night, and if we've just won against Lazio at home, everyone's going to be dreaming of going into that Atletico game and taking something from it. And who knows, who knows what Brendan can come up with? Box office, Brendan? Can he go in? And if we beat Atletico Madrid, you're sitting in nine points. we probably this, this could come back to play future, but we, we, we do love to dream, we do love to be optimistic on this podcast and There's nothing it, wrong with that I don't the there certainly isn't, there certainly isn't. And the certainly is the team are capable, the team are capable I feel like of going into Europe and doing something, we say it every year but you it's, you, you just want them to you're urging them to, I think that's a really good chance find out a way to start us off if, it's, 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 by no means going to be a tough away game to keep a, a great stadium, at least we're going to have supporters though and you never know if the, if the team can go there and, and secure a match day one victory. I feel like that would do worlds of good for their, for their confidence levels in Europe and the Champions League. I'd like to see Keogh get off the mark in the Champions League as well. That'd be great to see. We need some big performances from Joe Hart. We're going to need them. Um, we've had them in St. John's at home and Rangers away, but he needs to transform that form into Europe now and hopefully doesn't make any silly mistakes like he did last season against Leipzig away. I think he gave away a goal after he saved a penalty. So <clears throat> we will need to be wise in our game management in Europe. That's always it's always going to need to be the case. And hopefully, Brendan, he's got experience. He took Leicester to the semi-finals of the Europa Conference League, I believe it was, and, he, and, he, and he's took them far in Europe. So he he knows what it takes. He doesn't do we spoke about it before in the podcast. He didn't do too bad with his and his first spell in charge. In reflection. From what he was going into, it was an utter rebuild in his first season. He went through so many rounds of qualifying and still got to the Champions League two seasons in a row. Secured some big wins against Anderlecht away, like Drew against Mansey Hope. So there's there's no doubt of his ability to do something for us in Europe. So hopefully, hopefully we can. Find out the way we're we're all looking at that game as is the one where we can where we can go and go and get the win and get the group off to a great start, get those three points on the board. And I think the group will be tight though, like you look at the likes of Athletic well, they could easily take points off each other. Uh, final could easily take points off Athletic. It, it could be a wet one of those ones. Like I, think, I feel like there's always a group in the Champions League where like every team's on six points after three games or something like that. This could be that one. Uh, I think yeah. if there is anyone, it could be this one. So well, we'll just have to wait and see. But it's very exciting this time of year. We've just we've just won the derby. We're looking forward to the Champions League transfer business is done, so I feel like uh, everyone will be looking forward to that final game. Aye,
0: for sure. Um and yeah, I was yeah, it, it could be one of those topsy turvy groups because that's what I was thinking on that vein, is like if we are there, we are on six after two, Mary Athletico are as well. Yeah, And we are playing head, which means they two are playing head to head. Yeah. And then somebody might be dead in the water afterwards. Somebody yeah. might be on zero four, You know, so or equally it could be, you know, as you say, once you get to um I forget which group it was. I think it's I think it's what's the numbers. I think it's five points is the mm-hmm. funny one. I think it's like yeah. five points. After four games, mm-hmm. is one of those things for the whole group yeah, can be locked on. Yeah, because yeah. uh, yeah. it happened in the I think it was the Europa League last year with like Midgetland and maybe Lazio. By the way, I think yeah, last year yeah,
1: yeah. Even, yeah. Well.
0: Uh-huh. yeah. So yeah, that could be um, that could be heart attack material.
1: So for of that, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. It's like, but listen, Celtic are capable. We are capable of doing something. So as much as it'd be. As much as it'd be entertaining to have that kind of topsy-turvy, you'd much rather us, much rather us be straight out in front in first place. But I don't know, I don't know if, I don't know if we'll do that.
0: No, well, I think that the transfer window was what I think we were all kind of using is yeah. some sort of metric, some sort of gauge on the club's ambition in Europe, mm-hmm. and yeah. we all kind of knew throughout the summer window until the draw happens, you never really know what your chances are because mm-hmm. if we got into Group F. You know, we cheered so loud. That Newcastle yeah. get put into group F. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, definitely. Yes. Uh, definitely. Um, in which case if you're in that group, you could spend a hundred million on the team. And yeah. then you're maybe thinking maybe we finish third, you know. Yeah. So yeah. 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 Definitely it's, it's it's one of those ones. Maybe we could have pushed a bit harder. I think we, we should have. I think the squad's definitely missing maybe one player, yeah. one magic player, you know, one kind of jot yeah. level as it were. But well, the window as a whole. We've done pretty good numbers, as I'm sure the, the boardroom and the, the balance sheet people will be very yeah. pleased to see. Yeah. Um, and I've done a little breakdown of the transfer window. will be on the channel as well, depending on when you're listening to this, probably the now. Um, but one thing I kind of I, I think, Josh, when I look at co- across the squad as a whole, is that, yeah, we've got like three or four players to every position, but I'm not convinced that the players we've brought in are the players I would have thought we brought in if the plan is, let's have a shot at the Champions League. Let's mm-hmm. let the fans dream it yeah. and do all that kind of stuff that's been kind of coming out of
1: Celtic Park. Mm-hmm. Well, transfer window, how do you feel about it? Uh, listen, when you look at it, I feel like we've brought in a lot of, lot of players. Like Before the window started, you wouldn't have expected to lose Carl out. I feel like you'd maybe have expected one big departure. Um, it was just disappointing that it was Jota because I think you, you said it earlier when we were very you put Jota on top of this squad, the squad's absolutely, it is probably ready to compete. Um, That's just the difference that guy makes. He's he's an absolutely brilliant player for us. But we've brought in, I'm looking at it here, we've brought in like nine, eight, nine players. They're not, you wouldn't say, we've not went out and spent six, seven million pounds on a player. I think most expensive was Navrosky for 4.3. But at the same time, we've seen Yang so far. I think, he certainly does have potential. Uh, Mike Navroski looks solid at the back. Uh, I think him and Cameron Carter-Vickers will be the the foremost partnership. We brought in Bielka, a boy, a centre back, who's probably going to be third, fourth, third, fourth choice, depending on what happens in that. Phillips, um, we brought in him for a good two point nine million pounds. So he's he's one who's going to have potential. Louis Palma, four point one million. You've yet to see him. Uh, that's the thing with. I was hoping he would get some minutes off, off the bench at Ibrox to show what he can do, but. 23, he's still got room for development and he got over 20 goal contributions last season in Greece, so he showed me he can do it. Nathaniel Phillips, obviously a loan deal a um, six month loan deal only, until January and then Paulo Bernardo is, is, a, is a midfielder, so Marco Tellio as well, I always forget about Marco um, So obviously he's injured, probably not going to see him uh, for a while, hopefully we can maybe, maybe see him soon, it would be great to see you see what you can do. But well, hopefully it doesn't end up like Daniel Azani. You can say that's a kind of lazy comparison, all you want. But I think it is the one fans are rushing to. Odin Holmes, another one I've yet to mention, I think he he looks like he has potential. I think he came on at the weekend and made a difference. That slide tackle I done in Cantwell was was very satisfying to say the least. Um but when you look at it like when we brought Jotan per se and we brought Karl Stafford in, Karl Stafford came from Russia for four point three million. Brought in Nike Nevrosky from Poland for four point three million. The, the same kind of same kind of fee Obviously, Russia's probably slightly higher level than, than Poland, I don't know, yeah. but certainly. And Lagerberke from Sweden as well. But I feel like when Jota came in, he was from Benfica. He was, he'd had a couple of loan spells. I think he was at Real Valladolid. Didn't do too well, kind of underwhelming in La Liga. Was alright, never really got his foot in the door at the Benfica first team, more playing in the academy. And obviously, like, when, he was, when he came in, fans weren't like, jumping over, jumping against the Celtic part to go and see him. It was just another young boy we've got in on loan with an option to buy. So there is like guys like Paulo Bernardo. You never know what he's going to come up with. You never know if he could become a player of similar ability and similar influence of Jota. That's the kind of not the gamble you take because obviously every signing is, is thought through by by the guys at recruitment and like Brendan. But I feel like Brendan said it, it's unrealistic for us to go and spend fifteen twenty million pounds on a player, but. At the same time, maybe someone in the 8-9 million, a kind of marquee signing. We didn't really get one, but we did strengthen all over the park. We strengthened the centre-back, who have strengthened in the midfield Signed three midfielders. Kwon's another one we've yet to mention. He's really... I don't know if he looks too good. We've only seen him really once. Uh, we've put on several wingers. I think if we were going to strengthen more, I think goalkeeper would have been the position people are crying out for. We've seen Kasper Schmeichel become a free agent at the 11th hour and deadline day. And then Left back was one we were also we were also kind of concerned about, but I feel like on the whole it's probably as as a window fans are probably content with. It wasn't one we were overly excited with per se, but at the same time I think we can we can be content with where the squad is. And when everyone is fit, we are going to have several several players to pick from in each position. Like you look look at centre back, you've got a good five or six players there. Midfield, you've got loads. Out in the wings we've got loads. Obviously, like we've had a couple of departures as well. Like guys like Jetty, Sorrow, Haksabanovic, the kind of undesirables. Yeah, as you say, they all like, all kind of made their way out to kind of teams of teams of lesser ilk. Haksabanovich went to Stoke City. Jetty's went to somewhere in Turkey, I think. Sorrow, I don't know. Sorrow ended up was it Israel or something like that. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. But we, we've we've done alright. I think it's been a decent window. Uh, it's not one I'm disappointed with, to be honest. But it's not one I'm like overly excited with if you know what I mean we've yet to see a lot of them play as well like I've got Paulo Bernardo Nat Phillips Luis Palma even Marco Tello, and then Quan. that's like five of our summer signings we have yet to see so that, and you never know what players can be like when you see them um, I like the verdict so far it's hard to judge guys like Bielka. he's not he's played I think two or three games it's hard to judge Yang it's hard to judge Mike Navrosky I think what we've seen with them so far is the potential. Is there? We've seen what in flashes what they can do, and the age profile of all the signs is young as well. It's like the model we're looking to buy young for cheap and sell on for a large profit. Um, we're kind of aiming for that, and as much as we can, we can argue we were we wanted a we wanted a marquee signing. Like I think before the summer, Brendan was promised a, a thirty million pound war chest for the Champions League or whatever it was. That was the chat in the papers. I think we've I, I don't know the total fees that we've spent, I think we've spent a good seventeen, eighteen million probably. Which is it's not too bad and I think we can be I think we can be content with the window. What do you think?
0: I think it's in the kind of late twenties the amounts we've spent. Yeah. Um net we're up like eleven million bucks, so yeah. Uh, that's the number I remember 11-12 million we're definitely in the goods for I don't think it's been like I don't know I, I'm just a way to try and find the graphic um, in case it kind of helps us talk about it a wee bit but yeah. I think when I look at the squad as it sits now <clears throat> yeah I can put this up so we can see it um, I just don't know if I would say it's and I, I think we're competitive in this group don't get me wrong but you know when they have laid out their master plans and yeah. this is the eventual squad that comes out of it yeah. Like oh. it's very deep, and I know the defense is a bit of a firefighting mission, yeah. you know, with the injuries yeah. that we've had and all the rest of it. Yeah. But you know, like, it, th- there's just nobody there. I, I say we're yet to see Palma and Bernardo granted, right? But like we've seen, but the big problem with no Nohitate is no, the and no Jota because that's still not really been yeah. you know, replacing the squad. The creation levels is just down. You know, the yeah. you know taking guys on 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 the turn beating a guy in a one-on-one, doing something yeah. a bit different, playing balls in between the lines. There's just less players that are willing and able and capable mm-hmm. of doing that in this squad. And I don't know the guys, the quality of where we're getting them from, like Palma, Holm, just to wrap them all up in there, you know, a medium-sized Gus and, you know, Telio and Yang. Do these guys definitely come into the Champions League picture for a Champions League squad? Yeah. You know, I'm not, yeah. you know, maybe, maybe, but Mm. I don't know, so it's one of those ones where I think like the squad looks healthy. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, it, it would really take some burn, some strange stuff for us to end up with some of the lineups that Ange put out in his first six months yeah. were mm, crazy bad. Yeah. You know, Owen Moffat playing and stuff like that. No disrespect to yeah. the, the guy, you know, yeah. but like Juranovic was playing right wing and a bad would be centre forward, and yeah, you know, yeah. it was all sorts of nonsense that was going on just because of how thin the squad was. So I don't think we're in any jeopardy of that, which is mm. something I guess. But I definitely, I think it's clear looking at this that the jot of money hasn't been spent, the kind of levelling up hasn't happened. Yeah. Um, what do you think as you,
1: you see that squad there? I think well, we've got a lot of names. Um, for a start, I think midfield and centre-back are probably the two most kind of strongest areas busy. of the park. Like, very busy, very, very, like, you could put several combinations of players... And that you could probably put it with ten different combinations of midfielders and centre backs together with the, with the numbers we have in there. Like, uh, like obviously, even like Yuki Kobiashe. I've totally forgot about Tomoki Awata. Like, <laughs> a, a few people on Saturday night and Twitter, myself included, were like potentially wanting Awata to start at the weekend and have him McGregor and O'Reillys in midfield three. Like, he's one Brendan. I don't even know if Brendan fancies him at all. Like, we've seen we seen him last season under Ange, he was actually alright, he came in in kind of January time, um, I don't know if it was January, just there he came in, um, obviously it was, it was all right. he was was alright, he didn't kind of under-impress, he was decent, but he's one in the squad, we're, we're not entirely I'm not entirely sure of what his place is, but even on the wings were so busy as well, like Dyson, Abada, Yang, Forrest, Palma, Tillio, like even obviously Mikey Johnson, Rocco Vata are there, but We've got numbers everywhere, but is like when when I read out those wingers there, it's the one like you said of an elk of Jota that's um, that's, that's going to do what he could do. But at the same time, then you've got the argument is a bad are going to improve? We've we've not really seen the likes of Yang Pal Matilio yet. Is Daisen going to improve? Uh, certainly not with some of one of crosses at the weekend. Um, but he did he did he did track back and, and do his job defensively as well? But. Um, I don't know if there's there's a similar out. There's players that have improved, um, certainly under Brendan. Matthew O'Reilly's been absolutely tremendous. Um, under the new manager. I'd like to see Leila and Bada Leila Badam improve more. Um and we've yet to see what Palma can bring, we've yet to see what Tilio can bring. Before Joe came in, no one knew he would turn out to be the player he was. So that's the kind of argument you could have. But I guess I guess you never know. Um how I think in terms of this, the forward line potentially
0: levelling up, yeah. depending on your age you might remember this, um, but like when Messi and Pep's Barcelona first emerged, everyone yeah. said for the first year or two, they only score tap-ins they're rubbish, they're not yeah. even oh, it's, it's maybe, some people even tried to say it was like anti-football for a little while, if yeah. you know what I mean like, yeah. because it was just, oh, they're scoring tap-ins and cutbacks from five yards out, that's all they do yeah. Messi's not that great and all the rest of it that happens for a little while, might not have been that loud to me anyway, but if we play that way Think about the amount of times in that derby match we should have been squaring it for tappings. Yeah, yeah. See if we are yeah. ruthlessly tapping the ball in, yeah. then we actually probably have an elite front three to do that. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. You know, yeah. but we're not tapping them
1: in. You know, really, no. are we? <laughs> if if I feel like as a whole, you look at the combination of Dyson, Kyogo, and Abada. Or whether it be Palma, Kyogo, and if the front three can work together and work as a unit. Not so much as individuals, then certainly, like you say, the kind of tap in kind of football could work. Like Daisen in, getting to the byline, cutting it back, he'll go tap in. getting to the byline, cutting it back. across crossing the back post for Daisen to knock it in. Cutting it back for like guys like O'Reilly, Rio making third man runs into the box. So I feel like there is, if the front three, if they can work together and get partnerships and units going, then certainly we could see that develop. But at the same time, it could be hard to build those partnerships and kind of relationships and connections on the park when you've got so many numbers and like the amount of times it's probably going to be rotated. Um, obviously we read out the fixture schedule earlier. Like you're rarely it's going to be the same front three starting all the time. There's going to be changes. There's going to be alterations. But we'll just have to wait and see what happens with the squad. There's still a lot of signs that we've yet to kind of we've yet to judge fully. Um, it's only September. We signed three last week and. None of them have played, so we we can't really come in on them yet. But we'll, like I said, we we'll just we we'll just have to wait and see how the players do uh, when they get on the park. But from the outside looking in, on paper, like like we've shown, there's not a joy on the squad. But we've yet to, we've yet to discover the talents of Bernardo Palma, Tello Yang fully yet.
0: Yeah. And that maybe even put O into that. I think O can be yeah, definitely
1: be as well. Yeah, certainly he came off the bench at the weekend and done his job fully. I think. I feel like certainly when O comes on, it's like, that's us holding out now. Punt it up to O. Big man holds it in, wins fouls and stuff. But at the same time, he can play a bit of football. He's quite silky sometimes. As he does outside he, the footpath, doesn't he? He does, he does.
0: <laughs> so he's, I
1: think especially like towards the end of last season, his goal record was really good. He scored, yeah. I think he scored twice at Easter Road. And then I think he bagged twice in uh, the final day, uh, trophy day. So he has the talent. Um, I think... Maybe he's been slightly forgotten about because of his because of his injury, so hopefully he's someone we can see utilised.
0: Right, I think he could be a real good uh, weapon in the Champions yeah. League. You know, for that yeah. that second session because he's a battering ram. You know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. A, if yeah. he can catch a finer or a Lazio, whatever in transition, and you've got big yeah. O, yeah, you know, bullying yeah. them, then yeah, you know, Yeah, so that's probably a good point to kind of leave the transfer window off. Is like they're probably I suppose, I suppose internally there must be I suppose you know. That, about giving faith, I suppose, that Kyogo is going to make a champion appearance this season. It yeah. means some you know O'Reilly's got that in his bag, so does Hitati. Yeah. And yeah, then we're just hoping the rest of the team's well oiled. So yeah, that I'm thoroughly impressed with that. And I guess probably the kind of last thing we're kind of all talking about and looking at at this point of this little um putting the feet up period, Josh, is the international break. Now there's a few guys that I know are definitely away, but like you say, there's been so many incomings and outgoings. I've forgotten who to care about international wise anymore. I have to double oh, check well. on. So yeah. also hacks is away, so we don't need to worry about yeah. falling Montenegro anymore or paying yeah. attention to yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, and one or two others perhaps, but yeah.
1: Have you got? A, have you got a wee DL? You got a wee list of yeah. who is away for us? Yeah. Uh, so we have obviously closest to home, Um Calmack, who's the only player that got called up for Scotland, which is quite surprising uh, in my opinion. Obviously, we've seen like Greg Taylor get minutes and stuff like that for the team, like David Turnbull. All the likes of them play but, um but it's only kalmak who's uh get called up which is which could be positive for us in a sense you're not having to worry about guys like that getting injured um over in asia uh, we've got kyogo and maeda playing for japan uh rio obviously injured didn't get the call and uh, i did tomoki uh, two players playing for south korea as well yang and oh then kwan's playing for their under 23s abada playing for israel lagar for sweden holmes playing for norway's under 21s. Palma's playing for Honduras, and I believe that is it. Uh, yeah.
0: So Palma's away halfway across the world. He just came from Greece, yep. took some pictures in the kit, got a yep. VIP seat to yep. IBROX, and now he's away back to Honduras yep. to do uh, that. Palma's we'll
1: po- for 21 That's the last
0: one. And we, and we PB yep. as well, he's away. Yep. Um yep. For, for He's the way doing, doing his thing. Yeah, youth yeah. yeah, Nationals are always fun to kind of pay attention to. We've had a lot of good UEFA Nationals at Celtic over yeah. the last kind of 10, 10 years or so, yeah. particularly in France, obviously. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, interesting. I, I'm hoping, I'm really hoping, particularly for Dyson and Kyogo, that they do travel extremely safe and they don't head yeah. compact with any yeah think, or any knocks. And the Japanese times. national team have been pretty good yeah. with looking after yeah. guys, haven't yeah. They? Yeah. they? I actually care. think coming into this window, is, sorry, mate, I think uh, coming into this yeah. window, this is probably the best international window. Maybe McGregor may get some rest because Billy Gilmore been becoming into a game, and we're in a really strong position in the group. Cyprus away, and then you yeah. know, maybe McGregor doesn't
1: play. The, you know, maybe he actually does get a wee bit of yeah, uh, get the feet up, which yeah. would be nice for him. Potentially, yeah. Um, good to see. See, like he's a couple years ago, he's a he's a footballer in world football, played the most minutes. Um, so good to good to see him hopefully could get a wee rest to England game are a friendly, so there's going to be unlimited subs for Scotland in that one. Uh, I think it's good for the Japanese boys that they're only going to Germany, because uh, Japan's games are in Germany this time around, so they're not travelling oh. across the world, which is good. Fantastic. Um, I'm not sure about the South Korean national team, um, where their games are and things like that, but this obviously Palman's going away back to South America, I think he's playing in CONCACAF like, qualifiers um, or something like that for Honduras, and then obviously we've got the under 21's home and Bernardo. So I think well everyone everyone always keeps an eye on how the how the national team players do. But I think this is probably the least number we've had in recent times, uh, to be honest. Like usually I just seen like Ali Johnson that's go to Canada. <laughs> Johnson go to Canada. Obviously he's not in this time around because he's just come back from injury. Yeah, that's so I don't think Canada are playing actually. I looked at that the other day. Um <laughs> we've got like you'd usually see Jiranovic going to Croatia, Jacky going to Greece, Huck's managed going to Montenegro, but obviously this time around they're not it's not happening. Navrovsky obviously is injured, he might have got called up to Poland, Karvakers yeah, okay. might get called up to the USA if he was fit. Hatati would have got went to uh, Germany with the Japan squad. And oh uh, he's been kinda unfortunate enough to get his call up this time around. Um but no, I think it's it's good for Celtic with the lesser players playing physically in the international level better, but uh, it'll be an interesting one. Scotland could secure the ticket to Germany this time around. Uh, it'd be great to see see that happen. We might get a couple of players, and we'll have quite a few players at the at the 2024 Euros next summer. Um, obviously if Scotland get there, we'll have we'll have McGregor, and then maybe a couple of more players could push their way into the squad, like yeah, your yeah, Craig Taylor's or David Turnbulls. But yeah, um, it's this it's will be a fun international. Break. It always isn't a chance again for for the likes of us to kind of put our feet up and. Watch, watch some, watch some good football. Um, yeah, I, I like the international base sometimes because um, it's, it's a good stopgap, and like, especially at the start of the season when, when things are starting to get busy, it's a kind of kind of good downtime uh, for everyone. And obviously, we'll have players who are just staying at Lennox Town and continuing training. Uh, like Liam Scales, will still be still be there. Matt O'Reilly didn't get called up for any of the Denmark squads. So I don't think he's eligible for the twenty ones anymore. Um he's twenty two now, and he's not been called up to the senior Denmark squad. Um, yeah, this will be a fun international break.
0: Yeah, it's good to have, it's it's good to think about it. In fact, the, the amount that we'll be staying is particularly not the it feels. Like all the wingers and forwards are all kind of away yeah. in one way, shape or yeah. form. You know, yeah. but in terms of like, midfield, defense, or whatever, so a good good time to be spent. You know, I think there was pictures of Brendan sleeping on the airplane. He's going away to Mallorca, back to his yeah. mother for a few days uh, or something. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm sure everyone's away having fun for a few. But um, I'm sure for the guys that didn't get the international call up, I did check Ireland's scales. Didn't get the call up. If you think maybe yeah. Man of the Match, Ibrox, that's an yeah, automatic yeah, yeah. Uh, criteria yeah. to get in the squad, <laughs> but no, apparently not. And um, so, yeah, it'll be very interesting to see what the you know how the players kind of develop out. And I'm looking forward to seeing maybe any wee pictures that came out from Celtic on Twitter yeah. and Instagram and whatever. Yeah. See who's training. See yeah. who's showing up. You know, and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Because it's been expected that Tati should start to emerge back into yeah. training. Kind of nibbish maybe take him yeah. back for the Dundee match in preparation it'd be great if we could play the Tate could get 60-70 minutes against Dundee before we go away at
1: Fionnard I think we would all yeah. be really That'd confident be about that game definitely definitely I'd be, I'd be big especially having him back I think i seen on Twitter some, some guy on Twitter I met Carter Vickers the other day in a shop and he asked him yeah. how long back three to four weeks so during three to four weeks from now, what are we on? Middle, of, uh, Beginning of September, so you never know by the, this time next month, which is round about the Lazio home game. It'd be back, so that would be, that'd be, that'd be positive, but now nah, it should be a good international break. I think in total, we've got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 players. 11 players away, I think it's... I think at times I've had 14, 15 before, so it's good. It's it's decent. Like You might see as well players getting called into the squads for injuries, like if say Ireland get an injury at a centre half, you never know skills could come into the squad. Like if say one of Robo or KT gets injured for Scotland, Greg Taylor might get called in. So you never know. Um, we'll, we'll just see, but we'll just have to see what happens over the coming weeks.
0: And uh, I think you said you, you're going to go to the England game yourself, Josh. Yeah, yeah.
1: Hopefully, uh, yeah, I've got the tickets. Hopefully, we can get a result there. Yeah, uh, nobody there causing it. Ah, it? uh, it's, 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 it's always. Uh, I'll, I'll be there right next to England fans, giving them the finger. Oh, <laughs> um, no, sorry if you're sorry if you're any English Celtic fans watching this podcast. Um, but no, I hope, hopefully Scotland can get the win uh, against England, maybe secure Euro 2024 qualifying. Hopefully all the Celtic players who are out on international duty can do well for us.
0: What happens in international break stays in international break, Josh. That's <laughs> so, the way we think that about it. To
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> yep. so, yeah, we'll it,
0: look at it. So. If anyone's going to any of the games for the Tartan Army, you know, stay safe, have fun, and um, yeah, hail, hail. We'll see you next week.
1: Yep, see you. Sir.